Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Persistence is the number one key to successful prayer. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, when he delays that answer, just write this down this morning. God's delays are not his denials. God has his own timing. We don't understand that. We do get frustrated, just like that phone call. We're put on hold, and we'll talk more about that in a moment. But understand this. Persistence, this is Jesus saying, keep praying. Man, we get so frustrated by delays to our prayers. It's hard to live with the seeming uncertainty. Will God say no? Sometimes more terrifying is the possible yes answer. Either way, we all prefer quick answers to prayer. Jesus is teaching his disciples about the Father's attitude towards us and his desire to be in communication with us. Pastor Mark will be teaching us the necessity of praying, of the importance God places on it, and how much God wants us to pray to Him. He'll be sharing through His parable the importance God places on persistence, believing prayer by His people. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Luke chapter 16 with part one of his message, Two Keys of Successful Prayer. Let's see if this sounds familiar to you. Hello, thanks for calling Thunder Airlines Special Member Services. How can I help you? Check arrivals, departures, make a reservation, inquire about your mileage account. Reservations. Okay, please enter your 46-digit frequent flyer number without making a mistake, or you can say it in your natural voice, all 46 digits, but do not take a breath while you're doing that. Okay, You'll be redeeming frequent fire miles. Yes or no? Okay, to access your records, please give me now your seven-digit password. Okay, I will transfer you now to one of our agents. Music comes on. Thank you for calling Thunder Airlines. All our agents are currently busy helping other impatient people just like you. Eventually, one of our agents will be there to help you. While you're waiting, please finish reading War and Peace. You might get to the end of it by the end of this phone call. Anybody sound familiar to you? Exactly. Well, we're going to talk about that impatience and frustration in a moment. But when you become a Christian, there's so many benefits that come to us. Some of you have never become a Christian yet. You'll get an opportunity at the end of the service. Uh, We get salvation, forgiveness of sins. Our guilt is removed. We have a purpose in our life. We know we're going to go to heaven. We have daily direction. And there's so much more. We become family of great people all over the world. But I want to talk about day. Actually, I'm not going to talk about it. Jesus is. that One of the greatest benefits of being a Christ follower. Here it is. We get direct access to God 
anytime we want through prayer. Now, just like Thunder Airlines, sometimes after we pray, we get impatient. We present our request to God, but we don't get an answer quick enough. And so we get a little frustrated. We're, at, we're waiting. And we know we shouldn't be impatient, but what do we do when we pray, expect an answer, and nothing seems to be happening? Is there something you and I can do to help God? Or can we make difference in the way we pray? Or can we understand prayer better so that we will not get frustrated? You know what prayer is. It's very simple. If you're new to Christianity, this is what prayer is. It's two-way conversation with God. It's not complicated. It's very simple. It's just like you and I talking with another person because we are God. It's not just me talking to God, but God talks back to us. Amazingly, in our country, which is really no longer a Christian country, 75% of Americans pray at least sometime during the year. 90% of Americans pray when there's a sickness. How interesting. Now, why do we pray? Well, I could give you all kinds of reasons. The main reason we pray, because God commands us to pray. It's his way of directing our lives because we're asking for help and being a two-way conversation, he's responding back to us. All through the Bible, we hear prayer, right from the beginning all the way through. Remember, Jesus never said this, oh, if you pray. No, he said, when you pray. So we're going to have two keys. Say it with me this morning. Two keys to make our prayer successful. Two keys to make our prayer successful. We'll begin right now, Luke 18, verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable, just a story with an application that's spiritual for you and me, to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Every day we make choices. In so many ways, Jesus gives us two choices. If you write in your Bible, you can write it like this. Jesus said, here's your two choices. When life gets hard, you can either, number one, give up praying, or number two, you can continue to pray. Those are the only choices you have. You can give up, say, I'm frustrated like the airline, I'm done, forget it, I'm not going to be on hold anymore, I'm not waiting for the answer anymore, or... We can continue to pray. Then he gives us this parable. This parable and the second one we'll see are both parables of contrast. Contrasting two different individuals, in this particular case, this judge and God. So it's a contrast. Here we go. Jesus teaching. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. Basically, in the original language, it simply means this. He didn't care about people. He didn't care about people at all. Now, the Jewish people had judges, and they would meet, and they'd try to work out different situations, and this is a picture of one. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with this plea, grant me justice against my adversary. So what happens is, In these days, a widow, 
in biblical days, it was very difficult for their lives. That's why the Bible teaches us in the New Testament to take care of widows. Because in those days, a widow, basically, she has nobody to help her. They didn't have insurance. They didn't have Medicare. They didn't have all these kind of things that they could get out from. They're kind of just left on their own. And so she has this problem, and she is coming to this judge and asking for some help. Now, when she did that, she kept coming. So you can imagine this judge is in the office. Come on in. It's you again. You were just here yesterday for crying out loud. And that went on and on and on. Now, why? Well, he doesn't care for people. He's not interested in helping her at all. She's actually bugging him crazy. And this goes on day after day. Notice she's saying all the time, grant me justice against my adversary. Well, look at verse four. For some time he refused. In other words, every day he'd just say something like this. Uh, Thank you. I I get it. I heard it the last four days. I'll see what I can do about it. Don't call me. I'll call you. Next morning, she's right back. But finally, he says to himself, even though I don't fear God, interesting for a Jewish judge, or care what people think, I don't care about people. I don't care about God. Yet because this widow keeps driving me crazy, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Now, in our day, you'd see it all over Facebook. You'd see it all over Twitter. You'd see it Instagram, whatever. Don't go to this judge. He's an idiot. Doesn't care for you. Doesn't like you. She doesn't have that. What's her only weapon? Tomorrow morning, next morning, next morning. That's the only thing she could do. Keep going back to him. So finally, he says, had enough of you. Forget it. I'll give you the justice. Don't ever let me see your stupid face in this office again. He said, Pastor Mark, it's a little overdoing it. No, that's exactly what he's doing. The only thing that she could do would come back. So in frustration, what's he do? He gives her help to do what? Get rid of her. To get rid of her. Now, Look at verse 6. Jesus is going to give us the application. You'll see it in a moment, right later. And the Lord said, basically to his disciples, listen to what this unjust judge says. This is the New Living Translation. This is the response. Jesus speaking. Here's the contrast now. Even he rendered a just decision, this judge, in the end. So don't you think that God will surely give justice to his chosen people, to people who he likes, who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? Now, what's the answer to that? No, it's the difference between God and this unjust judge. Now, look at the next verse. I will tell you, He will grant justice to them quickly. So there's a response. How many weeks does this lady go back? We don't really know. Jesus says, God's different, quickly. Now, quickly is God's timing. It's not our timing. Now, God's timing, we know in the Bible, it says that this, thousand years is like a day. If I, God, is that how long you're going to take to answer my question? A thousand years. I'm not into that too much. But his timing is different. Now, look, here's where you want to write. This is a parable of contrast. How 
much more. Some people, when they read this, they think this parable is a picture of God. He doesn't like people. He gets so tired of you. It's you again, Balmer, with a prayer? Really? No, it isn't God. It's the contrast. Jesus said if this godless, insensitive judge who didn't care about people at all, who did everything he could to ignore her, finally gives up and help her, how much more will our righteous, loving, all-knowing God hear and answer the prayers of his sons and daughters. Do you see the contrast? Hello? Did I lose you? Do you see the contrast? Which would you like to go to for help? The judge? No, then you didn't listen to me. Of course you don't want to go to the judge. You want to go to God. So that's the contrast. Jesus is trying to say to his disciples, look, unlike this judge, our God likes people. Do you know that God likes you? Not really. He loves you. He even likes you when he doesn't want to like you because he loves you. You know what I mean. And let me ask you a question. This woman would go every day. Make a, she had to make an appointment with God. She had to make an appointment with, excuse me, with the judge. She'd just go to the judge. All right, I'll be back tomorrow morning. He doesn't know it. Tells the secretary, I'll be back tomorrow morning. How often can we come to God in prayer? How many made an appointment to talk to him tomorrow? Oh, I forgot to make that appointment, Pastor Mark. Do you know that we can go to God 24-7? Is that important? All right, let me give you an illustration. You've all been there. You're a parent or grandparent. 3.30 in the morning, your grandkid or you're, you're watching the kids for the weekend, grandparents or your kid, comes into the bedroom. You look and that kid has got a fever. You take the fever, it's 103. Isn't it wonderful to stop right there and make a call to God? Hello? Isn't it amazing? It always seems to happen at night. So there you are. So what do you do? You call God. God, our daughter's sick. We need help. Mm, mm, mm. I'll be with you as soon as I take care of other insensitive people. <laughs> Have you ever heard that from God? No, because he's God. He cares. He listens. He hears. What assurance that is for us. No matter where you're at, God is approachable and he's available and he loves us. He's not trying to get rid of us. So when you think about that, this is the contrast that Jesus is trying to give us this morning. He doesn't only answer our prayers. He loves, he delights to answer our prayers. So what does this mean? Every good and perfect gift comes from God. That's why we have this personal relationship through prayer. That's how we get to God, through prayer. He loves to have us talk and ask him for help or direction. Now, persistent prayer will bring us success. But remember something. Here it is. Write the first key down this morning. Key number one of two that we're going to give you today. Persistence is the number one key to successful prayer. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, when he delays that answer, just write this down this morning. 
God's delays are not his denials. God has his own timing. We don't understand that. We do get frustrated, just like that phone call. We're put on hold, and we'll talk more about that in a moment. But understand this. Persistence, this is Jesus saying, keep praying. Now, I want you to answer this this morning honestly, and maybe write this down. This is for every single person. I have given up praying for a relative, a son, a daughter, a mom and dad, a neighbor, healing, situation, new job, whatever. Because God has not answered as of yet, you have given up praying for. Would you take a moment, be honest enough, think about it, and write that person's name or the situation, uh, whatever it is, write it down. You, you used to pray, but you gotten frustrated with God. Guaranteed, all of us have that. And one of the keys this morning, Jesus says, you can either stop praying or you can continue to pray. For those of you that have relatives and friends, sons, daughters, moms, dads, Satan wants you to give up praying. God says, stick with it. Go back for prayer. But Pastor Mark, I haven't heard. Stick with it. Do you know that God wants our loved ones, our neighbors, our friends, saved more than you and I do? So the challenge to you this morning is start praying again for those individuals. Don't give up. Put the name on the list. From time to time, bring them before God. Now, is there ever a time to stop praying for someone or something? Is there ever a time to go, okay, that's it. I'm stopping praying. Yes, I'll give you three. There's probably many more examples, but I'll give you three. I stop praying when God gives us his answer. Now, what are the three answers that God gives us with prayer? You remember the, you remember your bracelet? Yes. No, wait. Now, in unison, on the count of three, tell me which one of those three, yes, no, or wait, is your favorite answer from God? One, two, three. Exactly. If somebody said no, they are lying right now. And yet, you know this if you've been a Christian a while. Sometimes the no answers were way better than any yes answer I got. Some of you could have married one of those yes things. But God said no. Let's all just say hallelujah right now. You remember the dating? And you went to the 12th anniversary or some of your high school? And you look across the room and go, thank you, Jesus. The problem is across the room they're going... Thank you, Jesus. And they're looking at us. Is that right? That's right. So why would I stop praying? Because he's answered. He knew what the answer was, and he finished. When's another time to stop praying? When circumstances change. For instance, you're praying for a job, and God gives you a job. Why would you pray? Well, you go to pray, well, God, that's not really the job I wanted. What? No, he answered your prayer. He gave you that job. That's the job. That's where he wants you. 
So you stop praying. Here's another. When circumstances change, you were praying for Sue to be your wife, but Sue just married Bob. Well, I'm still praying for Sue. What are you, nuts? She's already married. It's over. It's finished. Look for Alice, something. Go somewhere else. See, sometimes we were just crazy. Of course, you're going to stop. Those circumstances have changed. She's picked somebody else. I have a little sign on my desk when people come in. It just says this, get over it. That ends most of my counseling. It's wonderful, really. I'm just, no, I'm not like that judge. All right, now, here's another one. This is a big one for all of us. We should stop praying when you realize that your prayer was not really God's will. We prayed selfishly. And when I see that happening, I often say this to God. God, I wrote it like this. Thank you for showing me my prayer was selfish and not in line with your word. That's why he didn't answer. Because it wasn't in his will. I prayed something that was my will and not his. So I have to stop praying because I'm not going to pray that prayer again. So success in prayer comes from asking God what he wants and not what we want. Remember, God always knows best. Now, there's one other thing that's kind of a side issue, but it's really there. God is ready to answer, so also pray expectantly. We're not like the judge. We have to go back over and over again. God is never going to answer me. I know he's never going to. No, no, no. You want to expect God to answer, because he will. In his timing, in one of those three ways, he will absolutely answer them. I love Psalm 5.3. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning, I bring my request to you. And I wait expectantly. See, when that lady went to the door every morning or how often she went to the judge, she probably never expected to get any relief, any help. But that's not the way our God is. Now, when you see that happening, you understand the scripture. Jesus in Matthew 7 taught it like this. Ask, seek, and knock. Symbolism for prayer. A-S-K. Easy to remember. But in the original language, it doesn't mean that. It means keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. See, it's persistence. Now, when God isn't responding immediately to us, is he being up in heaven basically saying this? Um... I'm going to frustrate Balmer for a while. It seems like such a waste of time to communicate with God. After all, he already knows what we need and what we're going to say. However, Pastor Mark has been trying to get us to understand that we need to be reminded of our need for God. Another aspect we sometimes forget and have a hard time comprehending is that God wants to have a conversation with us. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. 
Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. We'll be continuing this teaching in the next installment of Lessons for Living. Pastor Mark will carry on in Luke 18. We'll hear more about Jesus and God's view of prayer. Jesus will be telling a story about two men who went to the temple to pray and in different ways of praying. We look forward to your joining us again for another enlightening teaching. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time. As Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.